So yeah, here's the the Burning Yammer episode two. Um, welcome, yes, uh, welcome to Burning Yammer, a uh, Japanese retrospective wrestling podcast. Maybe those words aren't going to be in that order, but whatever. That's what we go with. Japanese <laughs> retrospective Japanese podcast wrestling. Yeah, yeah. it's. It's kind of like All Japan, where the, the letters start... All Japan Women's Pro Wrestling, where the letters start to get kind of... All Women's Japan's Pro Wrestling, All Wrestling Japan's Pro Women. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, Giant Baba wasn't great with names. Uh, definitely no. needed uh, the hand of branding. Yeah. Um, I'm Bert. I'm Anthony. Today... Well, we didn't watch it today. I'm, I'm ruining the the immersion uh we just <laughs> watched it moments before um, we literally are watching it as like we're we're commenting right after we watch each match legally on our our versions of the ajwpw classics number 37 women's classics number 37 from january 4th 1990 in cora hall uh, uh, it's uh, i'll get into Cora-Con it a little bit hall? later yeah Kurikan. uh <laughs> One thing, like, I'm very glad that this exists, because this is, as we'll get into later, as best of a chronological order that we can find a lot of, like, Joshi women's wrestling history, because I'm going to tell you a big secret, they didn't keep up much with the continuity. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, like, a lot of this history right here is kind of lost to the sands of time because Mm -hmm. no one was keeping records. Like, it it wasn't like the All Japan's men's division, which, like, you can trace that back pretty far and have, like, a pretty good idea of, like, championship lineage, who was facing who, who was in the main event, who was headlining this. In the women's thing, it was literally just, yeah, go out there and do it, I guess, you bunch of broads. I get the house show sense uh, of, like, you know, we're going to go put on a show for people who really cares about, like, the pomp and circumstance. You're just going to put on a show, so we give all the ping. You make the little girl scream, and then we move on to the next place, or we do it again next month or next week, whatever. Yeah, and I mean, at the Currican Hall, which is, like, just one of the, you know, it's it's similar to, like, the Cow Palace or, um, God, they've changed the names. Well, I mean, over here in America, I'm thinking of uh, analogous things. Like, you know, there's oh, okay. the uh, Cow Palace, the Omni. Uh, the Silverdome cha- Brother? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> I love that gag. <laughs> classic, uh, anyway. uh, classic, like, wrestling venues that have, like, housed, like, tons of history of this great sport. And Currican Hall is one of those that has a very rich and storied history with uh, Japanese professional wrestling, and so I love that we're here. I love. So the, it's kind of like, kind of like the uh, what's the ECW one? The fucking yeah, the Bingo Hall. hall. Uh, I forget what it's called. I, it's in my head. Oh, somewhere. the Hammerstein Ballroom. Yeah, Hammerstein Ballroom. Right. So like, yeah, that's like you think of 
I mean, I'm sure there are many ballroom dancers who are kind of upset that the Hammerstein Ballroom is considered <laughs> like a wrestling mecca type place, but like, you know, that's what it's associated with. I mean, um, they should I'm really call gonna... it the Hammerstein Wrestling Room. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. I love the way the Hammerstein Ballroom looks as oh, yeah. far as a wrestling venue. Yeah. It's so it's different. Excellent. And like, anytime I'm watching old Japanese wrestling, I can instantly tell if we're in Kurokan Hall. And I yeah. love that it has that feel. Yeah, it has these kind of like elevated stands, like mm-hmm. uh, bleachers, but they're like staggered. And then it has the railings and uh, the camera work is kind of interesting on this, this, this. We're not really getting into the show yet, but the camera work is interesting because they kind of do like interesting, like floating reverse shots. And then they go back. Uh, there's a lot of like, oh, uh, it's kind of like camera shots you would not see. No, uh, uh, yeah, and like one of the things, there's literally a camera shot going from between the uh, bottom and the second rope, like pointing mm-hmm. almost up at a 45 degree angle, and I was like, "Wow, that's interesting. I would love that. Love to see more of that." Well, in a Joshi match, that sounds kind of like well. Mm. <laughs> but uh, I don't think there was there was like. Especially in comparison to women's wrestling uh, shots, uh, there wasn't really much of any of that. Uh, I don't think really any of the women on this show were ever like overtly sexualized, sexualized in any way uh, ever. Now, do you know like a little bit of like uh, the Joshi like training process? Uh, what the um, uh, women go through. So that's kind of like the next thing I wanted to touch on, which I mean, you're asking a question, but kind of our experiences with like what we know about Joshi and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And my answer is um, I know a few names and I know a very select few wrestlers, um, mostly for their work in America. And outside of that, I know Joshi's supposed to be good. And outside of that, I know like nothing at all. Um, I know they work harder than goddamn anybody jesus yeah yeah uh but that was it that's all i really knew Um, so uh one of the interesting things in joshi wrestling like you're familiar with like the young boy system on the men's side correct yes you know it is a system where you know the younger talent like essentially and it can get kind of gross uh Mm -hmm. play like essentially caretakers to the older stars like they carry their bags they clean their gear their they, pages you know yeah yeah uh hangman adam pages and um mm-hmm. right they you know were made to like break down the ring and you know do a lot of the manual labor as a way of like paying dues yeah, now, and they get thrown around by Minoru Suzuki. Oh, God, um, and then, yeah, you get <laughs> murdered in, uh, you know, the the matches that you get put into. Um, of course. Now, the thing is, like, I'm not, like, if you take out hazing, I think mm-hmm. it is a decent enough system to introduce someone yeah. to the sport of professional wrestling. Um, and kind I agree. of. You know, no one comes in with, like, a big head or anything. Like, whenever I was training in pro wrestling, like, there were several people who, like, walked in the door first day of training and just literally were like, yeah, I already know all this. And, like, that is not the attitude to have. Yeah, of course. 
so one thing with uh like they do this with the young boys um mm-hmm. like whenever you first start off it is solid black or white trunks uh salt you know solid colors no flare nothing and mm-hmm. you are to work in that environment like you know until you have essentially earned the right to have a character mm-hmm. and with the women's joshi Kind of an oxymoron, what I said, but whatever. Um, with uh, the yeah. Joshi wrestlers, um, another thing that's added is more often than not, the uh, you know young girls. I, I'm not sure of the uh, actual term. They are made to you know wear the singlets at the time. You know the solid color, you know white or black singlet, and generally right. they were made to have very short hair. You were not allowed to even have hair. And mm-hmm. I don't know if, like, the men's side was the same way, but it, it seemed like, it, it seems like something that is very specific to women's wrestling, where, like, they yeah. completely strip down all of your identity, including, you know, your hair, which is, like, you know, a big cultural signifier in a lot of uh, cultures in the world. Yeah. And you are made to work as essentially a human piece of clay so um, i think that's kind of interesting like i think i think the idea of like starting you out i mean in in american wrestling this sounds silly but like of starting you out and saying like okay you're not a character you're not doing character work we're going to build a foundation of wrestling Mm -hmm. and then as you go and find your wrestling style and what works then you can get a character based off of that. I, I think that's really, I mean, I assume that's what was happening because it, it's yeah. And, like, and doing uh, research on the show and the wrestlers involved, that really seems like the case. They had a very, like just from, from seeing where some of these wrestlers went or were at the development of them is very just fascinating. Like how they came into their own and, and did mm-hmm. their things. It, it Especially like, in a women's division where I, I don't know the popularity of Joshi at this time, but like, uh, pretty popular. Okay. That, that explains a lot. Cause, cause yeah, like even in like the mid two thousands when women wrestling, women's wrestling was kind of becoming hotter in America. Um, I don't think that was there as much. I, I think the stars that got over, um, got over on their merits and they made work what they could. And even today, I think that still might be the case. It, it isn't like, the women start from nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like as much as I like, like Sasha Banks, like I think of Sasha Banks as being made, uh, when she came yeah. in, well, uh, she yeah. had so, star I mean, power yeah, and yeah. connections. Charlotte Flair, obviously, oh, you know, God, I mean, yeah. people hate Charlotte Flair for that. Um, I mean, understandably. That's un- it's undeserved. I mean, whatever. Um, sure. I get it. Character wise. I get it. I just mean like, and booking wise, but I mean like, Charlotte didn't start out as first thing foremost wrestler who will learn wrestling moves and not be Charlotte Flair. Yeah. Like she didn't come in as okay, Charlotte. I, I get where you're nobody. saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting. And I, I'll get into this more when I talk about the individual wrestlers at play. Um, but yeah, I just find that fascinating. And uh, I think maybe, maybe like AEW could learn something from that with their women's division. Uh, kind of, I mean, it's hard because they don't really have a developmental system in the same way, but Mm -hmm. like having some stuff on dark, I I think they might kind of be 
working in some kind of realm that works that way. But, you know, because uh, of the way they well, they're the they're drawing from like local talent and things like that. Um, Perfect. So this is like relevant to your interests, uh, you know, speaking mm-hmm. about how um, the you know young girls of Joshi wrestling like develop character and like flair over time and like flair yeah. in the sense of like, you know, Binnigan's flair, you know, like, yes. Yeah, there's bikes on the walls with like license plates. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and one of the people with uh, the most uh, license plates on her walls is Asuka, you know, formerly right. known as Kana. My 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 wife. Your um, wife. Okay, um, Asuka, if you're listening, I love you, but you're not listening, so it's fine. Uh, go on. <laughs> So Asuka, uh, for example, like when she was wrestling, like she started out in this type of system and you can Mm -hmm. find her older stuff and, you know, it is wild to see her in non-colorful like gear that is like, you know, has all these little bits of like flair and accessories on it. And as she has gone on and, like, you know, she began to, like, dominate, uh, a, you know, certain parts of uh, women's wrestling over there, she just started adding bits of flair that were oftentimes, like, taken from the, you know, opponents that she defeated. Like, you know, inspiration, like little bits of, you know, flair or color, until now she is just a colorful goddess of war and yeah. i find that very interesting to be able to exist in pro wrestling as far as kayfabe i i think in japan there's they're more apt to allow this kind of natural arc to take place over somebody's career mm-hmm. where they just they can make decisions of a character based on how their matches go in ring, which is their a lot of times their decisions. Mm-hmm. So in that way, you develop your own character without like getting a pad of paper out and being like, "I'm the guy who I don't know. I'm I'm the dump truck driver, <laughs> and that's my you know what I mean." Like they 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 have a natural arc that you would find in like you know a movie or a show or something where a, a person changes over time based on like the battles they have and stuff like that. Now, mm-hmm. this is a very good segue into the first match. Yeah. Um, because the first match we watched was, uh, AJW junior heavyweight championship, Mima Shimoda, the champion, uh, versus Kaoru Ito, uh, Kaoru Ito. I have Kaoru. to go through my Japanese pronunciation. Kaoru uh, Ito. <laughs> Great. Uh, so Shimoda's a champion. Um, they are both in plain ass singlets. They are very absolutely tiny. dripless. <laughs> yes, dripless. So uh, I researched who everybody on this show was, except for Bull, because I already know who Bull Nakano is. Now, Mima Shim- and this is the funniest thing to me because. I'll be honest, I watched this match and I was like, who are these geeks? No offense to Mima Shimoda yeah, and Kaori Ito. It uh, was, they were simultaneously working as light and as stiff as I've ever seen yes, in a match. Exactly, exactly. So, but I, I start off with the research. Mima Shimoda currently works for CMLL and World Woman Pro Wrestling Diana. And by currently, I mean right now. Mm-hmm. She is still working at 50 years of age. Uh, she's most known for the tag team uh, Las Cachorras Orientales, uh, Collar Tug, 
uh, <laughs> with with uh, Etsuko Mita, who we'll we'll see later in the okay. show. Um, but she still works. Uh, she's still doing stuff. Um, Hell yes. Kaoru Ito, tiny little girl in this match, mm-hmm. unpredictably went on to be a a large monster heel brawler. Yeah. Uh, Black <laughs> Blizzard, I think she went by, and she just she became like an Aja Kong type. Really? Character. It's so funny watching this match because they're just little girls in singlets just doing Kauru. stiff Kauru Ito. Yes. Like, yes. like, are we talking <laughs> like built like a brick shit house or? Yes. Yeah. Yep. She gained like 200 pounds through the ongoing process and then, um, yeah, became like a huge brawler. Wow. Could uh, not side. tell it in this from from this like this pupil form. <laughs> yeah, she gained like two hundred pounds and became a huge brawler. And yeah, you cheese you and tell. crackers. <laughs> yes, cheese and crackers. Well, possibly that's why she probably ate more rice and <laughs> <laughs> rice and just nothing but cheese. Um, yeah. God, honestly, like this match, like kind of had me baffled a little bit because mm-hmm. it seemed <laughs> like they didn't know what they were doing, but at the same time, we're just going to go ahead and do it. Yes. And I appreciate the gusto. I absolutely do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also one of the things of like, once they kind of figured out a move to do, they just kind of kept doing it. And yes. now, now one of the like criticisms that people can lay on Joshi wrestling at this time is there is a lot of repeated spots. Absolutely. But if you look at the um, later stars um, in the you know in these matchups and everything, like every time they do those moves, there is a pop. Like, they're yes. listening to the crowd. There is right. a response going on. There is a dialogue between the wrestlers and the audience going on. And in this, like, Ito at one point goes and does uh, a hip attack. And you hear some people go, oh. And then it's like, she kind of, like, turns and listens. And then it's just like, oh, well, I'll do it again. And goes and does mm-hmm. it again and again. Yeah. And again, uh-huh. I have an I have in all caps. Ito calls that the rear view. Uh, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of that. Yeah, I have a. So Shimoda comes. She's champion. She comes out looking like disgruntled. She looks like unhappy to be in the match. Yeah, uh, which was a little strange. They immediately go into moves, but it it looks fake because Shimoda is just not selling, and it's not like she's no selling. She's just not selling. She's no. getting hit, and like she's you're you can tell she's supposed to be selling, but she's just not. Like yeah, she's she just, just kind, kind of, of stands moving. up, looks winded, and then like at one point, like Ito knocks her down with an obvious offensive maneuver, and uh, she's selling because this is her comeback spot. Right. And Shimoda just kind of gets up and then starts beating on her again. Yeah, and I have it like it's a fast work rate at least, but and and I had at least Ito can sell, and then immediately I'm like, well, she doesn't sell much either, 
but it's better on a curve. Like, yeah. th- the selling overall is is pretty piss poor in this match, but Ito's slightly better than Shimoda. Shimoda just will not sell. She just will not fall. I mean, she'll fall down and take a bump, but she'll just get back up or... Or she won't make a face or anything. Like, you're supposed to be hurt. And she's yeah, just kind of like, okay, this is where I fall down. This is where I move. This is where I And you see, it's, flinch, it's very strange you know? because I'm looking at this, and mm-hmm. I know from my, you know, dipping my toe, I know Shimoda is a big name. And so yes. to see her in this, like, primordial form is kind of like, oh, not everyone starts off like as good you know like i don't think almost anybody does really if you think about it Um, yeah i mean there's a lot of like smoke and mirrors and a lot of you know the presentation for people like you know i'm sure if you go back and like if you manage to find like adam cole in his first or second year probably ain't great but yeah. a lot of that, like, just doesn't exist. And so one of the interesting things with the All Japan Joshi show is, like, you got to see these people, like, literally go up the ranks. And that was, yep. like, according to a lot of the fans at the time, that was part of the appeal, which mm-hmm. you cheered with these people. You saw them, like, get beat up, but, like, you know, have some sort of spark or something. And then. Mm-hmm you get to see them evolve and slowly adding pieces of flair to themselves. They get colorful. They maybe grow their hair out. They maybe spike it straight the fuck up. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, that's what kept bringing people back to the Kurokan Hall every time there was a show. Yeah. Um, I have here, there's a close-up camera shot of Shimoda giving Ito a schoolboy, or a schoolgirl, I guess. Uh Uh-huh. And... Or a small, I don't, I always get it. No, it's a schoolboy. She, she goes under and pulls her back and Ito's head just bounces off the fucking head. And I'm like, oh my God, it's a schoolboy. Just, just talk. Like, I'm like, oh God, that sucks. Um, maybe she did it on purpose. I don't know. But I was like, oh God, it's a bunch of spots where nobody's selling And they're not like crazy. I mean, some of them are a little better, but most of them are like drop kicks that get no sold. Uh, the bum tackles, whatever you fucking call those. The yeah. you had hip hip bump, whatever hip, it's called. Hip attack. Hip attack. Um and Shimoto wins with now I want to know if you know what this it's it's a double underhook like you're doing the pedigree, but then you pick them up, they put their legs straight up and you just it's, fall it, back. It's a butterfly suplex slam. Now the difference between that and a butterfly suplex, the butterfly suplex, you're actually like flinging them backwards. Whenever you're doing the slam version, that's whenever you both kind of amateur uh, wrestling style, you know, fall to the mat. Like it, it's an actual move in amateur wrestling slightly, and that's why it has the slam delineation. Okay, I needed to notate this because it happens in almost every match it's, like it was very popular apparently it, it was very popular because like at the time um i you, you gotta think like it is yes we have the power bombs and stuff yes um and things like that but something that you can safely do even if you don't mm-hmm. have much training it is one of those moves like you know that is just above an arm drag. 
you know, in yeah. our wrestling, like the suplex kind of fills that move or the body slam. I like it. I think it looks really cool when when they're upside down with their legs up. And then I think if there was like a delay, it'd look cooler, but it doesn't really matter. I think it looks cool no yeah. matter what. So, but yeah, uh, Shimoda wins with that. Um, mm-hmm. It happened. Uh, it was a sequence of spots she, uh, with she poor kinda, selling. Yeah, she kind of <laughs> looks like dazed almost. Like, yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, I cannot stress enough that like they're working so light in certain spots that it was like, oh, come on, this looks hokey. And then they would just ramp it up, and all of a sudden they're doing, like, brutal MMA shit to each other. Yeah, but there's a weird kind of valley where if you if you don't hit anybody at all, or if you if you do a wrestling move that doesn't hit and the other person doesn't sell, it looks super fake. But also, if you do, like, a shoot move on somebody... And they sell for real. It also, a lot of times, by wrestling standards, looks... I wouldn't say fake, but it looks wrong. It doesn't yeah. look like wrestling. And no. so it's like some, if people start shooting on each other in a match, it looks like shit. It looks like garbage. Because you're like, oh, they're just like... It's like that Nia, Nia Jax, Charlotte Flair thing. Where everybody oh was like, are they God. shooting? Because they just didn't know what they were doing. And they were clearly frustrated. And it looks like... It looks confusing and muddled. <laughs> So yeah, it was a mix in, of those things, yeah. Yeah, in famous words, it uh, you know looks like shit and hurts like hell. Yeah, and I should say, it didn't look like, to me, it didn't look like Ito or Shimoda at any point were like actually shooting or angry with each. It's, it's just either they hit each other or they didn't, and the selling was non-existent. So um, I gave it a, a 0.5 out of 5, but I mean, it... It wasn't like the worst thing that ever happened. It just there wasn't much in it for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it, it was hard to kind of come up with a rating for this one because like I see the potential and everything and I appreciate like what they went out there to do. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time like you know if I kind of saw that like in the wild I would be like yeah that's not great. It's wild that like these two go on to become like some of the biggest names. Um, I just I, don't think they'd found their footing yet. It was kind they of they have not through. found their footing, and like they're going to get there. They're absolutely going to get there. Um, yeah. So you know, yeah. My rating is uh, fuck. I can't remember his name. <laughs> what was uh Jericho's henchman's Frankie. name in? Oh, uh, Jericho's henchman. Jericho's henchman's name in uh, WCW, Ralphus. Oh, yeah. God, was that Ralph? Ralphus was the was the larger fellow who fought like Norman Smiley and all that, and got his ass out or whatever. I don't know if that's Jericho's henchman. That would be really wacky if it is. Was he bigger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He did not look like. I'm a wrestler. almost positive it's. Yeah, it's Ralphus. Yeah, I thought he was like the bus driver or something for. Like, yeah, yeah, he was. Okay, okay, yes, that's Ralphus. Was it Ralphus? So how many Ralphuses out of Ralphus? Do you, it is Ralphus. <laughs> it is a single Ralphus. <laughs> okay, a single Ralphus. I mean, that's still a lot of Ralphus. Yeah. Okay, so at this point I was kind of like, oh, uh-oh. Yeah. Maybe I got in for not what I was hoping for. But the next match was, okay, this is important. This is important names-wise, Okay. Manami, Manami Toyota. I just 
I and ahead of time, I use different surnames in this match just to keep them separate. Manami Toyota versus Suzuka Minami. It's -hmm. different. Mm -hmm. It's like a whole Jake and Jacques situation. Now, researching these two, Manami Toyota worked almost exclusively for AJWPW and is apparently, because I don't know anybody on this show again other than like two people, apparently one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Yes. Not even just women's, just period. Suzuka retired in 95, which is very early. I think she wrestled for like nine years. Um, I'll talk about that here in a second. Okay, everything I saw on her kind of jives with what I got from this match, which is that she she wasn't a superstar in the same way Minami was, but she's like severely underrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you have? So here's another bit of uh, information on Joshi. Do you know yeah. um, what age the management of different uh, Japanese promotions that did Joshi, do you know what age they very strongly encouraged women to retire at? I have no idea. No clue. They uh, strongly encouraged and half the time forced women to retire at the ripe old age of 25. Okay. That's depressing. Suzuka Minami was Mm -hmm. one of those people that was most likely highly encouraged or, like, essentially blacklisted because they were like, no, you're too old. Um, And so she is most likely one of the unfortunate, uh, like, casualties in that. So the uh, four people, the four women, to absolutely break that mold and tell them to fuck off with it are Minami Toyota, Aja Kong, Bison Kimura, and Bull Nakano. Because... The biggest women... In the of uh, arguably some of the biggest fucking women stars of the period, yeah, yeah. The like, you know, we want to talk about the four pillars of men's wrestling, these are the four pillars of women's wrestling, the, yeah. Like, and are usually like Lioness Asuka and, and people like that, yeah, yeah. And um, there's, there's quite a few, <laughs> and so, um. Like, because whenever it got to be one of their times, they were like, well, you're 25, time to, you know, take you to the glue factory. Like, Mm -hmm. they were the hottest shit going. Because Joshi Wrestling, like, the boom period for uh, Joshi Wrestling, where it is, like, huge, is about 1993-94. And Mm -hmm. that's whenever you start getting the pairings of, like... Aja versus uh, Manami Toyota and, mm-hmm. you know, Bull Nakano just going roughshod over people. Yeah. So the Joshi, like, uh, you know, earlier we kind of praised the Joshi system for, you know, the way they develop characters. But I will say one of the big negatives is their, like, patriarchal need to take women and be like oh you're too old at 25 yeah in this case that that is such a shame because i mean suzuka is one of the stars of the show for me she she was so good Mm -hmm. and uh i mean that's not she's in the ring with one of the i mean she wasn't probably the best at all time at this point but like it's clear that 
you know, uh, Minami Toyota is no no joke, but like Okay, let yeah. me let me tell you about the this is my frustration that I've been telling you about for uh the last okay, day. I, I missed this. Okay. So I saw this and I instantly lit up whenever I saw the card because I was like, oh, it's Minami Toyota. Hell yes. Because I love her. Love her. Okay. She comes out and I'm like, "Mm, this doesn't look like Minami Toyota because Minami Toyota has, you know, uh, a look. She has a black singlet generally with... um, a few bits of flair here and there and like mm-hmm. that's it and right. that was her character's way of like embracing being like the new woman like you know right. the new like you know woman on the block essentially and right. it's a very interesting like subversion of you know where women would add flair she like would come out in very ornate robes like gotcha. beautiful kimonos absolutely stunning but when she wrestled she was a pure talent And it, like, adds this mystique because you would see her come out in these, you know, traditional gorgeous silk kimonos with, like, all these diamonds and things on them. And then she would take it off and she is mostly plain, but then she starts wrestling. It's kind of like the Ric Flair thing. Yeah. 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 So here's, here's what drove me insane. One... No black singlet, so I was like, okay, maybe this no. is proto. She's maybe in like this- a swimsuit practic, like a one piece swimsuit. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is proto Manami Toyota. Yes. And so I looked and everything and looked at the uh stats, did a little research. The oh. this this oh. is taking place on Kurrican Hall in 1990, correct? Yeah, January 4th, 1990. Okay. What is going on? Because I I don't what get it. Manami Toyota is supposed to be the AJW women's champion right now. She in is January. She okay. won it in 1989 in August, I believe. And okay, so now I want to look this up. <laughs> she is supposed to be the champion right now. So I was like, is this Minami Toyota? So I started looking at the card and uh, some someone listed this as uh, Minami Toyota. D-A. Oh, no. Oh, geez. OK, but but no, no, it gets worse. OK. So, Minami Toyota versus Suzuka Minami. And the thing is, the video quality is not great, so I can't quite get in there. And it's it kind of, kind and she's of, younger. It, it's, she's younger, sort of. I mean, so she kind of looks like her. And then I'm looking, and as the match is going on, she begins. So I'm, I, I was like, no, okay, this is a different person. This is a different person. This is fine. I start getting into the match. I'm like, okay, this is just someone. But then she starts doing Minami Toyota spots. And I'm like, is this Minami Toyota? <laughs> okay, hold on. I lost you- my fucking mind you didn't get an answer then probably no uh, 
<laughs> I need the championship lineage now, and I'm going to look this up. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Look it up, please. Maybe I'm making a mistake, but it is driving me insane because the thing is, I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, okay. And then Manami Toyota uh, gets whipped to the rope by Suzuka Manami, and uh-huh. she leaps to the top like Manami Toyota. I've never seen any other person leap to the top rope like her. And okay, I'm like, okay. it, it was kind of clumsy, but I was like, oh, okay, is this her? And then she does other spots that I'm like, this is Manami Toyota, but okay. she's supposed to be the AJW champion right now. All right, all right here's your problem. I got, I got your problem right here. Okay. okay. Please. My AJ, brain is on AJ- fire. Yes, AJPW, All Japan Professional Wrestling, All Japan Women's World Wrestling, World Singles, Title History, 1937 to present. Okay, fucking number one is Mildred Burke. I'm going to move on to uh-huh. where we need to be. Okay, uh, 79, 80, 80, 83, 83. This is all title changes and who held it. Okay, so January 29th, 89, Tokyo, Japan, number 36 is Lioness Asuka. Um, she defeated, she held it before as well, but it was vacated because, no, Asuka was supposed to win off of Chigusa Nagayo, but, uh, Nagayo was injured in the match, so Asuka refused the title. She wouldn't accept winning it off of an injury. Then she won it after legit beating Chigusa Nagayo, was all, she was also recognized as the unified global champion, defeating the American representative Medusa Maselli on uh, May 6, 1989 in Yokohama, Japan. Medu- like Alundra Blaze, like Medusa? Uh, it says Medusa Michelli. I don't know if it's the same, but I assume it because it's spelled the same way. Now, July 19th, 1989. Mm-hmm. Lioness Oscar retires and the title is vacated. Okay. Now, guess what the next one is? Minami Toyota. No. Number 37. Uh-huh. Is Bull Nakano on January fourth, nineteen ninety, in Tokyo, Japan, defeats Mitsuko Nishigaki in the tournament final. This last match was for the AJW Championship. Okay. Yes. Was I looking at a different championship then? I don't know, but I know that I'm pretty sure there was not a belt involved in this match. There was. Remember, there was not yes. a belt involved. There's no which- belt. That's what was driving me insane. Like what I look- have is Minami Toyota does not win the title until 1995. It's quite a while. Maybe she had another title around this time or something. But like I'm almost positive. I'm almost positive this is Minami Toyota. Uh, I mean, I don't think they would. I I don't <clears throat> think they would have a knockoff Minami Toyota in 1990, the very beginning of 1990, because she. I don't think she was that popular. I mean, she was popular, but I don't think she was that popular at this time. It would be like having a knockoff, like like a knockoff. Um, who's who's like yeah. Popular? So like, so here's the thing. Like right yeah. Uh, right here it says Toyota won her first title on November 18th, 1989, when she defeated Mika Takahashi for the AJW uh-huh. Championship. I don't... This, well, this is the AJWPW Women's World Wrestling World Singles title, which I think is their main belt. I don't know... Is this like a different a, promotion? It probably is. It probably oh is my god, promotion. this is... See why I was insane? 
Okay, hold on. I will find this. <laughs> okay, All Japan Women's Pro... No, All Japan... This should be AJW. But, like, if you I see, go to her belt, title reigns... The belt you're talking about, um, I'm looking, and... Okay, here. Here, wait, wait. This is even easier. If I go to her wiki, it says the number of times she's had the championships. It has, like, all her belts. And AJW Championship, one time. Mm-hmm. And then if I go to that page, what the fuck? It yeah, does. Yeah, she's number 12. She's number 12, November 18th. Toyota defeated Mika Takahashi to win the vacant championship. The championship was vacated for undocumented reasons. See, Why do belt, I have completely different things? The belt that uh, uh, Nakano won at the end of this, or did she win a belt? I just saw a trophy change hands. Um, that has to be a different belt. Is it the Pacific Championship? Yeah, I think we might have a thing where there's two different belts. All Pacific Championship, let me check that. See, this, yes. No, wait, wait, hold on. Vacated, Bull Nakano, 1989. That didn't change hands on January 1st. Because Bull Nakano... it did, okay. The timings for this are different. Um, What I just looked at said January 1st. This one says the All Pacific was June 18th, 1989. Defeated Nishiwaki to win the vacant championship. So... I think the timelines are all off, and this was also this also looks like the timeline for the thing I was talking about. So I think the okay, there's two different belts. The All Pacific Championship was the secondary singles women's professional wrestling title in AJW. Uh, it was started as the Hawaiian. See, but that's different. That's since 1977. Why the why this is backwards. see why I was going insane. <laughs> this is hurting my head. Okay. But it's got to be Manami Toyota. It, it has, has to be. To be. It okay, has to be. Now I have be. to go to like cage side or whatever. Cage match. Fine, fucking match. So you see what I was saying at the very beginning where it was like a lot of this women's history is murky? Because I also suspect that this Kurokan Hall taping didn't take place during then or happened in a glut of tapings. Because right, because Okay, because this... It says January 4th, Quirikon Hall, though, but the thing is, is I, it, it is on cage, cage Match that she had the belt from November 18th, 1989, she was AJW champion, to January 9th, 1990, literally five days after this. So, and if I look at matches, the reign was, God, how many months is this? Okay, include dark matches. She submit. held it for like 277 days, I think. But it only has one match. Manami Toyota defeats Kyoku Inoue. Maybe the, those are the only ones for the title. Title matches by... I don't want title matches. I just want... This is an inactive title. This is so fucky. Oh, my God. I, okay. Okay. You know what? We are going to be in the weeds for literally yeah, an no, hour. We're going to have to cut out this entire thing. But I'm just saying... Well, no. I, I think we can cut it up very interestingly yes, to, like... That's fine. ...show the fucking confusion because... <laughs> That's the thing. I was like, oh, it's Minami Toyota. Oh, no, it's not. Wait, it is Minami Toyota. No, it can't be Minami Toyota. Is it Minami Toyota? Where the fuck is Minami Toyota? Okay, I tell you what. I can just find their matches on Cage Match. Other matches. They've faced each other a bunch of times. Like, the thing is, once I this saw... This isn't listed. Once I saw Minami Toyota do the top rope, leap 
Because you know what I'm talking about in the match, right? Yeah, yeah. Where she leaps, no hand, no springboard, no nothing, just leaps to the top. Only Minami, I've only seen Minami Toyota do that in this time period. Let's get into the match. (laughs) Okay, you know what? Uh, Hold on, once I'm going to look. Okay, Okay, perfect, perfect. Okay. Number one on the list when I go to when I go to wrestlingdata.com for Minami Toyota. Number one, the nine AJW matches fought by Minami Toyota in nineteen ninety. AJW at question mark question mark has question mark. It's at Korakon Hall. January fourth, nineteen ninety at Japan, Minami Toyota versus Suzuka Minami, winner unknown. Because they don't because they didn't track this right. So I think here's what I think. I think she has the title, but this is a non-title match, okay? Yeah. I think this is just an exhibition match, and yeah, it doesn't matter. It could be a title match, but they don't bring out the belt and all that. Anyway, that's yeah. fine. We're going to assume it's Minami Toyota at this point, so. Yeah, start off hot. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I thought, and I had a funny thing here where I thought, I was like, Suzuka comes out in this awesome fucking black ring gear that's, like, mm-hmm. cool. And then she's got, like, the black and yellow music gear or whatever. She's With- immediately blindsided by Toyota. And this, <laughs> become, this became a trend for the show. So immediately I'm like, oh, Toyota's the heel? Wait, what? Because that, to me, is a heel spot. Very quickly, I'm like, oh, nope. Nope. Toyota's the face. There's no way that Suzuka's the heel. Yeah, they just immediately just go outside to the railing and they go back in and Toyota whiffs a dropkick, gets taken out again into the railing. It's like 15 seconds. And yeah. I'm like, oh my God, whoa. I could see, I watched the first match and I was like, yeah, maybe I got, I, I don't know maybe what I got. We got and then this, this shit started happening. I was like, oh, oh no, wait, this shit's really good. Oh my God. The little girls start scream cheering. Yes. I'm like, oh, this is so charming. It's so great. Like, if you think if you think Bailey's little girl who like follows her at every show is great, it's something oh. else. Just hearing little girls go ah the entire match. <laughs> it's it's really incredible. Manami, manami. <laughs> no, it's amazing. It is heartwarming to like hear how one how into it they are, and two that like they're getting to go to an event where they can just, like, scream their fucking heads off for their their heroes. So this is where I got really unnecessarily confused. Because the little girls really sound like they're chanting Minami, which is Suzuka. And I'm like, there's no way they're chanting for the heel. Unless, Unless Suzuka's really over, which I come to find out later, she's not. So maybe I got more screwed up names. But... Yeah, there's a test of strength, and Suzuka stomps on her foot, and I'm like, oh, okay, she's yeah. a heel. She has to be a heel. I'm like, that did it for me. So then I'm like, maybe they're just, they have a heated rivalry or something. I don't know what it is. Um, uh, but according are, to this, apparently. They are rival, <laughs> like, considered okay. rivals at this point. So are, so are you familiar with uh, the, the term rival as far as, like, Japanese pro wrestling goes? No, I mean, I know what it means generally, but I don't well, know what it yeah, means in there, Japan. There, there's an extra connotation where, mm-hmm. like, if you are rivals with someone, like, kind of the idea of face and heel go out the window because you are focused solely on defeating them. And oh. it's it's one of those things where the kayfabe can work 
in a way mm-hmm. that's you know different like you know we'll we'll have like a face versus face match but like you know they can get really intense because someone will get frustrated and everything and right that will define a single match for the competitors but the mm-hmm. term rival like delineates their entire standing with one another okay that's interesting um, there's, I have, there's a great technical sequence where Toyota is in the headlock, but mm-hmm. she works that out to an arm lock and then Suzuka pulls her leg out from under her and oh. just starts working her leg. I was like, <laughs> I'm watching like a Zack Sabre Jr. match now. Like, what the fuck? Like I went from the no selling to like, they're doing technical fucking shit on each other and i was After like oh. brawling on the outside you <laughs> know in, a, in yeah. a flurry i i straight up was like oh oh wow um the selling leagues better i was oh my god the selling was instantly like they, they these ladies are fucking selling their ass off yeah and and let me tell you something manami uh-huh. toyota here she is not in her final form Oh, not even close. You can tell. She gets so much better. And her selling is one of the things that, like, sets her so far apart. We'll talk about her later. Uh I can't wait. This is a treat. I mean, it makes the Suzuka thing really sad. Because, honestly, like, I Mm. loved Suzuka in this match. And finding out she retired in 95, I was like, oh, no. Like, she's so good. Mm-hmm. And like if it was her choice, like, yeah, yeah. If it was her choice, I'm very happy. Sure, for her. totally. Uh, but most likely, it was management stepping in and being like, "Well, you're 25. We've got to put you in the glue vat now." That yeah, it just sucks so bad because um, the 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 disparate nature of it. Because you had like super old people. Like at, at this point in time, there was you know we saw him just a little bit ago. Fucking giant Baba. Giant yeah. Baba has no business being no in place that wrestling, ring. and yeah. he's ancient. He's going to turn to dust, and his arms are going to shrivel off of his body. And, you know, then he has the gall, the gall Mm -hmm. to make a a statement that, yes, women are too old at 25. Yeah, well, you know, antiquated points of view in Japan, I'm sure, as well as America. But yeah, um, so, oh, man, there's these great shotgun drop kicks for for a two count. And the, the camera is another close to the ring camera. And it like the ref is facing towards the camera. And the ropes are on the other side. And he gets to two. And she puts her foot on the rope, like, behind the camera and the ref. And the ref still catches it, which is super rare. Like, it's very rare. The ref is not even looking and goes, oh, our foot's on the rope. So I was like, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Very Um, rare that that happens. Did you happen to catch uh, the phrases that each of the competitors had on their singlets? I didn't even notice, no. I noticed it in other matches, <laughs> obviously. So, the, the tag uh, Suzuka on her, uh, you know, cool ass black and yellow singlet, she mm. has a whole bunch of music notes all yes, over I it. Saw that. And it says harmony. And Ooh. I thought that that was super cool. And That's then cool. in a portent to the future, guess what mm. uh, Minami Toyota has on her stomach, on her singlet? 
I can't remember. I have no idea. Alpha. Oh shit! <laughs> she called uh, her fucking shot. Well, obviously, calling, uh, prophesizing, uh, American Alpha with Chad Gable, and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You mean Shorty G? <laughs> Shorty G, right? Still, still, I believe he was drafted the other day. It is still going on. That man needs to get to AEW post haste. Jesus um, Christ! Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway sidetracked but yes that's awesome oh man we get the first single leg crab i love single leg crabs and boy did i get my fair share in this fucking Mm -hmm. show and this is where toyota started oh my god the selling i was like oh i love this she's just screaming and clawing and it was so good so she later on like we'll talk about it more in depth later on one of the things about her selling that i love that you can sort of see right here yeah is when she's in a in a hold especially um you know when someone's like you know working her over um Mm -hmm. she later on she lets out these breathy just Like she is dying and I can, cause that was another thing. Whenever I was wondering if this was Minami Toyota, I was listening for the breath. Cause I was like, if I hear that it is Minami Toyota hundred percent. And then down yet. (laughs) Yeah. But then, you know, right after this, um, you know, she breaks out of the, uh, single leg crab and the several different transitions. Like, she was yep. in a modified bow and arrow stretch for a while, which looked like a million dollars. But all of a sudden, in her fire comeback, she, I I leaps, same note. Yeah. she leaps to the top rope without a springboard, without hands, leaps to the top rope, and it's kind of shaky. You it's wobbly as shit. I, know, it, I didn't say kind. I said that those are some wobbly ropes. I was like, oh, God, please don't die. <laughs> and she leaps back with a springboard like you wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. And then Manami starts doing, you know, what I recognize as her fire up, you know, comeback spots, which is several drop kicks and then she goes to the corner from the second rope for the missile drop kick and they look like a million dollars yeah one specific draw i think it was the last one she did i mean it's like she kicked through her head Mm -hmm. like it was like she wasn't aiming for her she was aiming behind her head and it was so deep i was like jesus yeah, when she gets going, she's like a buzzsaw. Yeah, right after that, which it, it was amazing. Suzuka does this coming with like this ridiculous underhook backbreaker. Oh, and, yeah. And the pin, Minami does the first of these on the show, which I bring this back. I don't, I don't care who brings this back, but she does the slow bridge out of the pin. I love this yep. so much. Oh. It it's so good. Nobody does this anymore. Maybe Joshi still do it, but mm-hmm. it's the best spot. They just, they're pin and they just uh, bridge out. It yeah. looks incredible. Every, they don't like when people do that nowadays, it's they're in like the Northern lights and they bridge out to transition into a technical thing. 
you mm-hmm. know they it's like part of their reversal kind of when these women do it it's like it's all they can do and then they fall back down and they sell because yeah. it was like every ounce of their power it's so good it is and manami toyota is she becomes a master at that so yeah suzuka plants her with a top rope splash but she slow bridges again and then she eats a perfect plex but kick i was like oh my god it's the perfect plex i i guess maybe i don't know if mr perfect stole that or uh (laughs) (laughs) suzuka with the possibly the best backslide sell i've ever like she took a backslide but like it's like she didn't expect to get caught because that's the thing is usually honestly most backslides are kind of contrived because you have to like cooperate mm-hmm. when you take it and Suzuka looks like no I don't want you to do this and she still gets put in it which is amazing. Well also if you notice um generally in uh you know modern wrestling like whenever someone goes to the, for the backslide and hooks the other person's arm you'll yeah. see them hook one arm and then kind of look to the other reach for the other and one. yeah Manami Toyota just straight up nope both arms Grabs hook them. and yep. then she is snatched yep then she does two Two tilt-a-whirl backbreakers. Oh. oh, my God. I was like, oh. And then there was an absolutely brutal top rope elbow drop. I think this was all Suzuka. Yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah, it was uh, all Suzuka. Absolutely brutal top rope elbow drop. Looked amazing. But Manami Toyota steals it with a schoolgirl after a missed top rope senton. Yep. Wow. What a this, match. This was incredibly good. Uh, astonishingly, like, I was not expecting much after the first match because that was just... I, I feel like that's... It's not a dark match because it's for a title, but it's like, these are the It rookies. was... Yeah, yeah. It seems like, you know, we'll see as the episodes go on. Maybe it goes, here's our beginners. Here's our intermediates. Here's our top. So... Yeah. And it was... It, that's fine to have that, but then going into this was like, oh, God... Mm-hmm. This is insane. I I was like, maybe I just got two amazing workers. Um, so yeah, I have four and a quarter out of five. It was that good. <laughs> and the rest of the show did not slow down either, but no. yeah, it was very, very good. Yeah, uh, I gave this uh four alphases. Uh really enjoyed it. Um it is wild to see the proto stage of Manami Toyota, like, mm-hmm. you know, she becomes the queen of, you know, a lot of uh, Japanese professional wrestling. Like, uh, do you want to guess what eventually Manami Toyota's like finisher becomes what she calls it? Is it the same move? It is not the same move. Uh, have you, did you ever play DOA too? Oh, geez, like once? <laughs> like um, once ever. So the the character in there, Tina, uh, she's the wrestler character. She okay. has Manami Toyota's finisher. Uh, they call it the uh-huh. water tower drop in that. So imagine Ooh. you are in the electric chair. I love electric chair moves. Go on. But the name of it is the Ocean Cyclone Suplex. Oh my god. 
<laughs> yeah, incredible. what a fucking name, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I am looking forward to seeing more Manami. T- I, I wish I would see a lot more Suzuka stuff, which I probably will, but, like, the fact that Manami, T- Manami Toyota goes on to do this, all yeah. this amazing work, I'm excited for that. Yeah. The next match mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is a tag team match. I do not believe this is title because it doesn't say so. Uh, Akira Hakuto and Yumiko, Yumiko Hota. Hota. I think I got that right. Mm-hmm. Versus Toshio Yamada and Etsuko Mita. So I did a bunch of research. Um, mm-hmm. This is the battle of the 1987 AJWPW rookie class because they were all four in that rookie class. And all four had short, well, only one had longer hair. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Akira Hakuto is retired. She was a mainstay of the Joshi scene, went on to have arguably one of the greatest women's matches ever versus Shinobu Kandori. Hota still occasionally works MMA fights put together with Joshi stars, which I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, That sounds a little like, uh, it sounds like let's get the old women together and have them fight for money. I'm not really a fan of that, but you know, if she wants to do it, whatever, that's up to her. She worked so she worked a lot throughout the years. She's like 54 now. Uh, Yamada had an extensive Joshi career. She retired in 2004 due to a cervical spinal injury, but she um, ran a bar after that. So I mean, she's doing okay. Fine. Okay, Esco Mita, almost yep. exclusively a tag team women's wrestler, and actually the wrestler who created the Death Valley Driver. So everybody in mm-hmm. AEW apparently needs to thank Etsuko Mita for this because they all use it. Uh, she retired in 2009, but she's, uh, I think she worked in Shikara for a very brief yes. period. See, I knew of uh, Etsuko Mita, and I, so I, I knew her, which was good because I had one woman who <laughs> I, had I one knew. Reference. I had one reference, and also it helped that she has Mita written on her on her boots. <laughs> that does help. Well, I did want to kind of touch on that because I will say, like, if you ever just watch a wrestling show that, like, in a promotion you've never seen before, it's already kind of hard to remember who people are and keep track yes. because you don't know who anybody is, you don't know the characters, so you're already kind of at a loss. And I will also say, being uh, an American, a white dude, if a bunch of Japanese people are in matches, just from the names, I mean, like last match we had Manami versus Minami, it can become a little, like, hard to keep track of who is who and remember names because we're mm-hmm. not used to those names. Now, I will say in this match, four women I never heard of, and they wrestle so distinctively that it was instantly very easy to tell them all apart. Yeah. Like, it, because they all have very specific styles, it's very, it's clear who the heels are, like, almost off the bat. I did have gear, uh, Akira it comes out in the red band leader outfit. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the fucking marching band thing. Yumika Hoda is in the Green Ranger singlet. It's not really green. It's like green and pink. It's pink, pink and blue. Uh, I, I mean, I think as far as her gear, it works, but I was like, I don't like this fucking Oh, gear. yeah, no, it's terrible color palette. Awful. Mita and Yamada are in the white and red and black singlets, the Dream Orca tag team singlets. Dream Orca. <laughs> what an amazing tag team name. And yeah, uh, they both say Dream Orca on them. They have their names on the back. 
See, the only other Japanese tag team name that I think tops that is the Magical Sugar Rabbits. Ooh, that's Golden Lovers. They're both up there, though. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, Magical Sugar Rabbits. <laughs> is that a Joshi team? That's a Joshi team. That's a uh, um uh God uh the magical girl Yuka Sakazaki. Yuka Sakazaki. And um uh I want to say it's uh the littlest kaiju. Uh, I can't remember her name. God damn it. <laughs> uh, but they're uh, team. <laughs> they're the uh, magical sugar rabbits. Or no, it's a different person. But anyway, that's the tag. Okay. That's the tag team that Yuka Sakazaki is in. Cool. And Yuka uh, rules. So, for those who haven't seen it, and also for Anthony, in terms of figuring out if you'll like this match, I have one question for you. How mm-hmm. much do you like sleeper holds? <laughs> so, no, the, let, me, yes. let me ask you a question. Yes. If, uh, if we were to turn, you know, turn this match, uh, to describe this match as like a musical song, as a song, what oh, no. song would it be? A, a musical? Do you mean a song or, from a or musical? If, or if this ma- <laughs> if this match were a band, what would it oh. be called? Oh no! Do, do you give up? I give up. I'm not REM. Air Supply. Oh, Air Supply. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So I will. I will start out by saying. I love sleeper holds. They don't do enough these days. And honestly, I I specifically remember uh, One Night Stand, like 2005 or 2006. I don't remember which one. Super Crazy versus Ray. Uh-huh. Super Crazy puts in a sleeper hold and the whole crowd goes, boo, because it's ECW. You do flippy spots. You're <laughs> supposed to flip. You're supposed to do wacky table shit. You don't do sleeper holds. Everybody hates it. But for me, if you if you throw somebody in the ropes and you come around them and you put them in a sleeper, that's the coolest thing of the whole world. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. love that. Well, no, that's the thing. The, the sleeper, so, I mean, it got that bad reputation because of, you know, like, that was the move that a whole bunch of older wrestlers from the late 80s, early 90s used to do all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Like Roddy Popper uh, would do it, but I would say this: he had showmanship about it. Whenever he would do it, yes. like he'd do it, and he'd just have that crazy face, like ah, he's going to sleep. Ah. It's about the selling too, because if yeah, it's, that's the thing. If it's a rest hold, the person oh, by nature sucks. is resting and not selling, and it's boring. But like, and headlocks are just like this. This is why like Punk does chin locks in every match. And he makes a big deal out of it because the thing is, is he understands like a chin lock doesn't have to be a rest hold. It no. can be a fucking submission. You're not going to win with it. But the, the point is you is, are wearing them down. You Yeah. And if they sell getting worn down and trying to get out of it, it is a move. It is a thing that is happening in the match. The crowd can get into if they just sit there then it's it's a transitionary rest hold and it's nothing. So Yeah, that's like uh yeah. when uh Daniel Bryan and Nick uh uh Nick Jackson had their match on Rampage, like mm-hmm. 
probably a good quarter of the match was different submission holds being done to Nick Jackson, who right. was writhing in pain and just like, oh God, I can't believe this is happening to me. And the crowd yeah. was going ooh and ah and oh every time he did, you know, a little bit of like hand manipulation. Yeah, I think the big cause for that this type of thing is the the WWF WWE style of we work, you know, two hundred something matches a year more than yeah. that because they do house shows and shit. So we do some spots. We do rest holds in between to call the spots and not overwork ourselves, and then we go home. So it's like they pace out things in a very deliberate manner that is supposed to slowly build to whatever happens. But the problem is everything becomes the same, and everybody knows that a headlock, chinlock, sleeper does nothing. So then, yeah, you they have a minute. Yeah, they know that yeah. they have a minute to a minute and a half of like, oh, this is the snack top. Yeah. And when things become formulaic, right, it devalues really all the moves, even the finishers, because the finishers become we have to do two, we have to do three, we have to do each other's. You know, it becomes like mm -hmm. we have to upscale to, to get any kind of pop instead of doing the simpler things because we can't. Anyway, back to the match. There's a lot of sleeper holds. We'll get into it. The, the thing for me at the start is the kids immediately start going absolutely batshit. Like the kids are screaming. Yes. Every single match now, all three of them has started with a drop kick to the back sneak attack. <laughs> it <immediately> happens. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it happens again. I'm like, all right, so if I was Joshi in 1990, I would just not turn my back at the beginning of the match. Just yeah. I would stare yeah. you down like, do not drop kick me. <laughs> uh, yeah, the back. I, I Face or heel, I, I, there's no otter, apparently. Uh, this time it's Mita to Hoda. Hoda no sells elbows and just knocks Mita down on the one. So, so Mita is like very clearly the baby face in peril. Uh, Hoda is like, she starts laying in these fucking rough kicks. I'm like, oh my god, it's it's seriously Daniel Bryan. Like she's just got the kick pads and she's just fucking mm -hmm. wheeling back and smacking into her in the chest. The fucking kicks. Um, they look stiff as shit. Uh, she tags in Yamaj, just instant hot tag. This is this is a wild match. Ahoda does a Pele after more kicks. Ugh, like there's so Mita, much here. Yeah, Mita yeah. gets put into like one of the nastiest like crabs, and her selling, I have that here. Her selling yeah. is absolutely amazing the entire time. I have uh, yeah, I have Hakuto puts her in the deepest one of the deepest single leg crabs i have ever like her entire body except for her face is off the ground this is the third match with a double underhook fall away which you said was i have it here is the fucking uh butterfly suplex slam uh but this time it's just the transition mary move so it's kind of like to me that's like it kind of sucks because the the juniors match was one with that and then these girls just do it it's just a move uh but that yeah. happens a lot um it's well not that it, it kind of yeah. makes sense in the if you think about it because these are rookies mm -hmm. they would fall be they would be falling prey to quote-unquote lesser moves so yeah. you know these are the the professionals or these are you know the people on the verge of it and so like you know they eat butterfly suplex slams for breakfast 
at this point, this is what I thought you were talking about before with the bow and arrow. Akira lays, she gets like this, she crosses the legs and hooks the legs with hers and then does like this bow and arrow move where she pulls back the arms and then she goes into like a camel clutch type thing. I was just like, I don't know what you're fucking doing, but it looks awesome. I was like, we're just making up stuff now. Um, and it's probably one of her signature moves that I don't even know. But Mita is selling like crazy. The girls of the crowd start doing cheers and it's drowning out the commentators who who are Japanese anyway, so I don't know what they're saying, but like they are so loud at this point. Yamada gets a hot tag, drop kicks, overhead belly to belly. Then the sleepers start. Hoda gets put in a sleeper. Her selling in the fucking sleeper is to die. She's rolling her eyes and losing consciousness. And then the most, the most revolutionary selling I've ever seen. She's in the sleeper. And this happens a few times in this match, but it's this one specifically. She's in the sleeper. She can't like get her out like get her to get knocked out so she drops the sleeper and she throws her into the ropes and hoda goes all the way across the ring stumbling and fucking flailing and goes right back into another sleeper and i'm like oh my god and then hoda gets the ropes on that one and then she irish whips her again tags and they do a double tag sleeper on her <laughs> I, amazing i was like oh my god this is incredible like just getting the sleeper over hoda is selling i i was mm-hmm. dying and then also this is about the time where uh someone handed those little girls like a tambourine or like yes Yep. Some bells, because all of a sudden you just hear bells and like dull bells and maybe tambourines. I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's like dull metal noises in rhythm to the match. And I'm like, this fucking rules. I'm pretty sure it's a tambourine. And I note I, I didn't note this, but I, I mentally noted it because the thing about that is a tambourine is cool with chance because it just kind of accentuates it slightly, but it doesn't, the things that suck are like the cowbell. I I remember specifically watching some WWF pay-per-view where somebody has a fucking cowbell and they keep going like, and it's so loud and obnoxious. It's like, please stop doing that. Whoever's doing that. The tambourine is just like, it's, it's really good. I think the best accompaniment to uh crowd chanting is actually the didgeridoo, but I thought you were going to say, I thought you were gonna say Vuvuzelas. Uh, <laughs> remember that? Remember that? It was like 2010 oh, or something. Off. I don't remember what the fuck that was. After the double sleeper, Mita puts Hoda in a double leg scissor neck crank, and Akira goes up top, and she does a top rope slash right onto Mita's fucking face. Oh, fucking. Yeah. Ow. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And for the rest, I don't know if it happened before this, but Mito was just bleeding from the mouth. Yeah. Like, constantly. I was like, oh, man, she got fucking busted by that. Uh, Kira gets the tag, and Mita starts slapping. She's, like, wildly slapping at her, just flailing at her and it's just zero reaction from Akira and she lays in one slap and just puts her down uh, more Ooh. sleepers there's a very strange sequence here where Hoda has Mita 
because she gets tagged in. Like, Hoda gets the tag from Akira, gets Mita, and she throws her into her own corner. Yeah. To get the tag? Yeah, and, and then, then she just, just starts beating the shit out of... starts whipping ass on her partner. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's Which, like, interesting. That is a spot. <laughs> like... Yeah. Like I, I with think more sleepers, no less. So I'm like, it worked out, I guess. It That's is a, a cool reverse thing. hot tag. Yeah. In the fact of like, can you imagine like you know a baby face in the modern product? You know, comes in like a house on fire, gets mm-hmm. a lot of momentum, and then in the middle of it, just throws the person, you know, the heel that they're beating to their partner, tags them in, and then just starts continuing. Honestly, That's- I. That's, that's a spot. getting somebody over. That's that's really sick. Yeah, because like Darby okay. could do that or something like oh, that. Yeah, or or like uh, Oak Cage could do it. Somebody, some Hobbs, somebody like that. Yeah, um, Wardlow. After there's a boatload of tags here. There's so many tags. So it's it is Im- impossible to keep up with this because they are going a hundred miles an hour and they have not stopped. Well, they stop for sleepers, but they don't stop. That's the thing. They're not even, yeah, I mean, they're not even stopping. They're still, like, selling and, like, fighting with one another. Yeah, uh, Mita hits what I call a chest breaker question mark. It looks like a backbreaker, but it's on the front, and it's like Mm -hmm. a... I don't know what the fuck it's called. Where uh, she like it looks like she's doing like a running bull, a running bulldog and slams yeah. him in. Yeah, yeah, is wild. Then a spinning release F five. Way to steal from little girls, Brock. You fucker. Amita <laughs> 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 like, uh, sets up a cure for a top rope splash from Yamada, but she moves and Yamada hits her own partner Mita with it. Which is like, oh no, I think all the girls are like, no, don't. Oh my god, Akira plants Mita with a top rope shotgun dropkick. Ow. Way to steal from little girls, Daniel Bryan. But please don't (laughs) do that move anymore. God, Please stop. Stop doing that. This was, oh, that's, she got that for the pin, the top rope shotgun dropkick. This was wild and wooly, Mm -hmm. especially... For tag team matches in this era, this is just now 1990. Like, in America, like, who even went like this? Like, the Rockers? But they still did not, like... They sold for, like, three quarters of the match before they would have, like, three minutes of a big flurry. And the Rockers were great, but, like, this is, like... No, this is, like, watching, like, tag matches today. Like, and, and stuff that's considered, like envelope pushing today like if i was to watch like uh, a jurassic express what is that the fucking name i always get this wrong it's jurassic express it's not jungle express is it please confirm oh my god now you're gonna gaslight me okay <laughs> <laughs> but like when they have Which a match one today, is it bert no it's jurassic express there you go are you okay, sure good i did all right yeah it's uh great now it's on the record you're gonna be like it's jungle luchas next week. Like, Fuck you. Okay, it's, but like, it's Jurassic Lucha Party. But like the matches they have, mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say it's like Top Flight or something because they didn't do a bunch of crazy flip moves. But the pacing, like you did not yeah. have that at this time in America at, for years yeah. at all. Like at least until you got into like crazy like 
TLC. Even then, they use gimmicks and stuff. Like this did not. This had no gimmicks. Yeah, nothing. It was just a hundred miles an hour because it was like, oh, you tagged in. We're beating you now. Oh, you tagged in. Now you're beating us now. You know, just back and forth insanity. Yeah, the only detriment I have in this match, which is really nitpicking, is there, even though I love sleepers, there probably were a few too many sleepers. Because once there's so many, it does become kind of like... If if it's one that gets super sold and then it goes into another one that gets super sold, that's fine. There were a few here and there that were like, well, we're doing it because it's over. And it's not like... I, I don't think that they wore it out because every single time they did it, there was a squeal and a tambourine pop. Sure. So... I think you know, for the crowd, it's great. For me, per, for, for me watching it, it kind of became a little like... Gotcha. after After I realized... We've had like eight by now. It was like, okay, this is, I think I could have cut down a little, but even then it's really nitpicking this. I have, this is everything else. They worked really well together. There was like no downtime. It was a four out of five for me. It was very, very good. Yeah. Easily four Ralphuses, like four Ralphuses, just sidling up to the bar. Easy as you please. Yep. Awesome. So good. Post-match, all of the ring attendants check on Mita for a long time, and Yamato, like, pulls her up and bows with her limp body as she's, like, bleeding everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I was like, whew. Mita looks concussed. (laughs) She is either concussed. She is either concussed or dehydrated. So, like, she ran her legs out. So, yes, here we go. The Holy Grail. Okay, <laughs> what so a main this, event. Now, this was the WWA Championship Tournament Final. Bull Nakano versus Mitsuko Nishiwaki. And research-wise, I'm not going to get into who Bull Nakano is. I've already I talked about it last show, but you, you probably know. Um, mm-hmm. We can talk about it more in a minute if we want. But uh, Nishiwaki, I didn't know. Um, she was a member of the Fire Jets tag team with Hoda, um, who's okay. now on a different tag team. She was more of a, like, 80s star pioneering what the 90s would look like in matches against, like, Suzuka, for instance. She pretty much kicked off Bull's huge run as a star right around this time. Like, this yep. is what made Bull Nakano, pretty much. Speaking of her, my girl Bull Nakano comes out, immediately slaps the cameraman. She oh. looks incredible. I... Like- yeah, she is full bull Nakano here. Like, the way she can curl her lip and just sneer in disgust. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Uh, So, you know the meme with, like, girls with the time machine and guys with the time machine? You mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. Guys with the time machine go back in time to 1990 to ask bull Nakano on a date and get slapped to death. Uh, Girls with the time machine also do this as well <laughs> because, because that's just what you do with the time machine they they have like rig girls with bouquets and bolicano oh, bolicano yeah. takes the bouquets and immediately just trashes they're just like fuck these bouquets i don't care about them at all does okay. not give a shit okay the way this match starts i mean it's not even Once the match again. the way <laughs> okay this is incredible. Nishiwaki gets in the ring. She's in like this green and black gear. She gets in the ring. 
she immediately just goes after Bull, but she doesn't blindside her with a dropkick because it's Bull Nakano. She she hits the ropes, and Bull Nakano fucking pulls down the second rope, and she eats shit to the outside. And I was like, fucking ow. Like, she just took a tope right outside, full force. Yeah. All of the attendants run over to check. I'm like, holy shit. We're already getting into it. After, like, the a look of and- absolute disgust that Bull, like, puts on her face <laughs> as she's seeing them tend to Nishiwaki. Oh, it's so good. And the crowd is, like, ready to kill Bull. They're just like, we can't believe you. Yeah. Finally, after, like, a minute of, of like, working at Nishiwaka, like, makes her way back in, she's busted open like right across her fucking hairline and just bleeding down and then hilariously these old men in the ring start reading the tournament details or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and she's just bleeding and bulls like fuck this and these guys are like oh you know you you don't know what they're saying but they're like it's an old guy reading a scroll and <laughs> reading then, the ancient wrestling parchment. Yeah. And then the bell rings. I'm like, holy fuck, that's how you, you didn't even start the match yet. And she's already like busted open. And yeah, and she's and, having to sit there cooling down the whole time being yeah. like, well, I'm just bleeding all over my face. Okay. So then the bell rings and bull just starts laying shit in and howling and just plants her with a pile driver and i'm like oh my god i love bull nakano so much i just love her so much pile drops her and then immediately like within just like 20 seconds or so lariats the shit out of her like yeah hits her with a lariat that you just hear the noise the schwack of just meat hitting bone. Yeah, she she throws her back out. She pulls her back in. She goes back in. She eats another pile driver. Nishiwaki like gets up while while Bull's like kneeling, and she starts kicking her. So Bull's on her knees, and Nishiwaki's like kicking her in like the arm and the back, and Bull looks at her like, "What the." fuck do you think you're doing like how fucking dare you and she slaps her from the ground standing (laughs) onto the ground she just fucking falls down and is like oh my god uh yeah bull nakana reaches all the way back from texas and just slaps the dog shit out of her yeah and right after that she gets a lariat that is just brutal and she does like the standing pin like fuck this i'm just gonna stand on her chest yeah bull at this time is still wrestling uh without boots yeah she has like the she has the feet but like the the wraps I think the tights go over the feet yeah the wraps so nishiwaki gets back up and like she she asks for the test of strength with her hand, you know, that thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you call that in wrestling terminology. It's the, the test the of grappling, strength. I guess. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, I mean, so she asks for it, and she's it's just total crimson mask. Like, mm-hmm. she looks like fucking Muda. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Bull, Bull wins the test of strength. And you'd think, like, yeah, of course she does. But no, she bites her on the head. And I mean, it really looked like she bit down on her fucking skull. <laughs> like, she just... <laughs> She just goes, Arr. okay, at this, 
Nishi lays and kicks and she she puts Bull in the sharpshooter and the announcers start talking about and this is like the only time I paid attention to the announcers. They start talking about Lioness Asuka. So I thought this is where I thought and we're not going to get back into this. This is where I thought maybe Asuka had the title at the moment. Um, <sighs> but now I think she vacated it. So that would make more. But I don't know. You know what? Before we do the next Joshi episode, I'll find some breakdown of this shit somewhere. And it is at this point that Bull Nakano is just splattered with Nishiwaki's blood. Yep, it's and all so right. Bull Nakano's like makeup has like you know begun to uh, began to run at this point, mm-hmm. and she looks a little haggard, but she just has spatters of blood all over her face and thighs mm-hmm. from where she's uh, been pile driving this poor woman into the fucking dirt. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. Um, at this point, a very interesting match psychology thing begins to take place, which is Nishi will run outside. It's all she can do to get away. She'll run out. She'll, she'll crawl out of the ring and run around the ring and bull will chase after her. And then she will get one up somehow on the way back in. It's like the WCW spot, but usually heels do it. In this case, Nishi, it's like all Nishiwaka can do. Um, and to big Nishiwaka, pops. Yeah, to yeah they're pops. like, oh, she did it. And so they start out and, okay, well, Bull gets out of the sharpshooter. She, she no-sells these slaps and just, she does this brutal bridging German. I thought she hooked her arms under her fucking legs. It yeah. looked like she's trying to. She just does a bridging German. It looks brutal. That's called a backdrop driver, by the way. Oh, okay. There you go. Um, and uh, it, did you notice uh, who was on the outside at this point? Like, looking no. on for the match? Uh, no. Aja Kong is on the outside. Oh, I didn't even see that. That's yeah. awesome, actually. So, like, um, Nakato gives Nishiwaki this horrible backdrop driver that just right. puts her on her neck. And Bull stands up and just begins sucking the blood off of her off fingers. Her fingers. Yeah. It and was it crazy. A- it awakened something in me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm well, a changed then it gets, person. You, you, uh, I think Nishi was a changed person after this as well, because right after that, she she puts her out on the apron. She gets a sleep. Bolt puts the sleeper in from inside the ring and just dangles her fucking legs oh, off yeah. the apron and swings her around and she falls down and all the attendants run back over. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. I, I was like, that looks fucked up. Really, there's a really great thing here where the attendants clean all the blood off of Nishi's face while she's after the sleeper. And this is where the ring stuff starts happening. She she runs back in the ring and they face off in the corners and like Nishi's face is clean because they just wiped it all and immediately the blood just starts coming down again from the count from the fucking forehead i'm like oh my god yeah but this time but this time it starts coming down and almost like lightning like blood rivulets it it looked like bull nakano's makeup i was like whoa that's cool uh yeah and it's not there's no way it was deliberate like it was just a cool thing nishi does all these headbutts she gets clocked with a no. It's like it's not even hilarious. It's just like a crazy haymaker looking thing. Uh, this is where she starts to go out of go out of the ring, come back in. Like the first one was the sleeper. She she went back in the ring. 
This time she goes out of the ring after the haymaker, but um, Bull tries to hit her on the post with a lariat, and she hits her arm into the into the post. Oh, and she just slaps it. You hear yeah. it? She just hits the post. It. Uh, and then immediately Nishi starts working the arm. She starts doing like arm holds. Bull works out of those. Gets another sharpshooter. I was really hoping for the Angelito here, the the bull octopus type move, but she didn't do it. I was like, no. <laughs> One thing that I really appreciated was when Bull had her in the sharpshooter, like Bull was like selling her arm. She like wasn't using mm. it in the hold. Yeah, like, that was fuck, we're dealing with professionals here. Yeah, um, at this point, Bull went up for the top rope leg drop. It was very far away. Like I was yep. like, she she's gonna hit that, and she hit it. But and also, fucking ow, top rope leg drops. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous top rope drop kick from Nishi. Then she does a power bomb on Bull Nakano. Somehow she power bombs her, and I was just like blown away. I was like, she's fucking strong. I have no idea. I did not see it coming. I was like, wow, she fucking hit a powerbomb on Bull Nakano. Okay. And actually, like, not long after Bull, Bull puts her away with her own, like, kind of... It's a powerbomb. It's like an extend powerbomb. It's like the fucking... I called it it a dominator bomb. (laughs) Oof. Because... Yeah. Um, the one, the one move that I really wanted to talk about was, uh, you know, after Nishiwaki power bombs Bull, Bull works mm-hmm. her way back, and then uh, Bull goes and gives Nishiwaki a uh German suplex, yep. and Bull bridges this German suplex so far that the tip of her nose is touching the mat. Oh my god. Yeah, she just she does that like multiple times in this match. It's like, oh my god. Yeah, so Bull gets the pin with the with the with the crazy power bomb. After the match, she, they give her this enormous trophy and she holds it over her shoulder like it like it is nothing. Like like it's just like fucking a sticker, so she's like, ah, I got this big fucking trophy, I don't give a shit. And, and, and then um, they hand her, like, some sort of, like, fucking scroll, notarized man. parchment. <laughs> and yeah. she looks, like, she rolls her eyes. She's just like, oh my god. And she yeah. looks like she wants to be anywhere but there. Yeah, uh, this felt like a total war. Bull was an absolute monster the whole time. Nishi, mm-hmm. I mean, Man, she held her own. I I loved I just loved the angle. I feel like this was like did you ever this is a really really bad comparison, I think. But did you ever see like the Daniel Bryan Big Show match where he had to work like they worked like the the little guy versus giant, but he's like he's like a heel? And he has to, like, overcome this giant face dude who, like... It, this was on, like, Raw or something, so I don't blame mm-hmm. you if you never saw it. It really reminded me of that, though, because the entire time, like... The stuff Nishi is doing is heelish, but it's all she can do. It's yeah. like... She and, has and been you, pushed to the point of desperation. Yeah, that, that's that's the overriding psychologist match was, like, desperation. Like, she has to do all this. And... It was helped so much by the first spot 
of just mm-hmm. like she just they did the honestly I think it was the biggest spot in the match that she just ate shit to the outside bladed like crazy match hadn't even started and that gave it so much like psychology right from the because the rest of the match it, I don't know it reminds me of like almost like a Brock match like yeah this match screamed of inevitability um which is like the mark of a very good monster heel where like no matter what the the hero is doing he or she uh is always just like kind of one step behind and can't quite get anything over or get anything started because that's the thing anytime Nishiwaki got something started Bull Nakano just cut her off and mm-hmm. it was just an inevitability. Yeah, Mr. And, Anderson. And I <laughs> I confess, okay, I like a lot of Brock matches. I know we we've had disagreements over this or other people don't like Brock mm-hmm. at all. I get it. I like like Brock dominant just killing the baby face matches cuz they're well, I used to like them cuz they were different. Now it's just a formulaic thing. But the thing about those is that Brock Brock's more of like a cocky monster. He's not like he's not like really giving that much aside from I'm just going to go in and kill a guy and then win. Mm-hmm. And you know, he'll sell and stuff, but it's not like, you know, it's he's 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 the monster who I don't know, he's like uh I can't think of another example, but kind of like Taker almost, honestly. But like the thing with Bull is She's fucking pissed. Like, you, the minute you start to fight back, she gets really fucking emotional and mad. Mm-hmm. And that gives it so much more. And then uh, Nishi, Nishiwaki, Nish, Nishiwaki, yeah, that is her name. She, like, the reason she's not a heel for all this desperation stuff is because she the- doesn't seem scared of Bull. It's not scared. She's just doing what she has to do. When she gets back in the ring, she's like, okay, I'm going to do this. Like, mm-hmm. she's brave enough to get in the ring and do stuff. So it's just, like, it puts both of them over so strong. Like, it yeah. made both of them look so good. Even though, like, both of them technically are doing quote-unquote heel stuff. It's the narrative of the match. So, Yeah, and just the fact that, like, we in the audience can kind of, like, see where it's going, and it's, you know, the Alfred Hitchcock thing of, like, we know the bomb is under, is in the briefcase underneath the dining table. Mm -hmm. And it is an inevitability that no matter what Nishiwaki throws at Bull Nakano, she is just cutting her off and is a you know solid wall that is somehow moving to crush her and oh it's so good because you're watching this just play out and it's like what can nishiwaki do and the answer is she will lose and now reigns bull nakano yeah uh i gave it four and a quarter out of five just like the the second match those are the best matches on the show for me. Mm-hmm. It was just like I'm watching like it's so crazy when I think of women's wrestling, 
Like, there's a few matches I would qualify as, like, the best matches I ever saw. But the thing was, is, like, before I watched the show, I mean, yeah, it was, like, it was, like, Becky, Sasha, uh, mm-hmm. not Becky, Sasha, Bailey, Sasha, uh, you know, I'd, I'd seen, like, a few Asuka matches that I thought were really up there. Uh, there was, um, you know, Bolnikano and Medusa, but that was, like, that was nothing like this, like, at it's, all. It- when Bull gets over to the WWF at the time, it is she her character work is still ten out of ten, but her in ring work is watered down. Yeah, because and she can't she can't do all this stuff to a luncher blaze. Like she cannot do I I think that uh Medusa would absolutely have been up for it, I think, and there's yeah. evidence to back this up that like when people saw that Bull Nakano was coming in, uh, they were. I think that there was a big sit down of like, you know, we we work a different style. It's a lot yeah. softer over here um, because they knew because the top guys around in that time, you know, Hogan and everything, they knew that Bull Nakano would outwork them, and they did not want to be outworked by a woman because they're lazy, yeah. egotistical pieces of shit. Well, even outside of that, I mean, that's perfectly possible. Even outside of that, like, uh, Alundra Blaze is a champion, you know, mm-hmm. in a pretty thin women's division. So you don't want her to get injured because it's no. just like, what the fuck do we do then? Uh, the, the, the title's just pretty much null anyway. And I mean, Bull worked in uh, WCW too as mm-hmm. well, and, and that was great. But, like, that stuff is not on this level for obvious reasons. Like, this is like... Yeah. And the second match too, with with which apparently I need to watch a lot more Manami Toyota stuff. But oh, we are because yeah. uh, let let me give you a little taste. Like, uh, do you know when uh, Manami Toyota retired? Uh, I had it up here. It was like two thousand. Where did it's I have it? Twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Okay. Um. Yeah. There's okay. one. There's one match that I saw back in the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, 2005, 2006 ish, maybe Mm -hmm. it is, uh, you know, who we know as Antonio Cesaro, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, who's, you know, Claudio Castagnoli. Yeah. Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, with Sarah Del Rey, uh, in a tag team against, uh, I forget who was teaming with her, but Manami Toyota. Oh, wow. Okay. So Claudio Prime, Claudio Castagnoli, and Sarah Del Rey versus Manami Toyota. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, I think like this show though, because like, you know, I'm I'm one of Serena Deeb's biggest fans as well. Like mm-hmm. I she's one of my favorite wrestlers. And seeing like her and Rosa go at it, Rosa and Britt, I mean, those are up there, but like this was like, because we, I mean, we haven't really watched the AJWP, I mean, the AJPW men's exclusive stuff yet, which I'm sure will be absolutely incredible. But the thing is, is like, I mean, I know those guys have like crazy matches, but I don't know if they have this kind of work rate. Like, this feels like, I feel like weirdly, this this Joshi work laid the groundwork for stuff that smaller guys do now and they did in WCW and and very later on in WWF like like watching this kind of work rate 
and the it just feels like different in a in an amazing way that you only get with this stuff mm-hmm. like and so this basically for me it was like Joshi's fucking incredible like and and you really don't get this kind of stuff anywhere else but Joshi it's very exclusive to this so like Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this pretty much won me over. I mean, so, I'm not going to turn it into the Joshi show because we need to watch this red stuff too. But honestly, it was almost I, like, I, think man, it's I could other. just watch Joshi. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we should do an every other and the next episode should be episode 38. <laughs> well, the one after this, but yes, we, we go yeah. in order. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. This is 37, you know, in the All Japan yeah. Women's Classics uh, volume. And so, yeah, we should do episode 38 so yeah uh my uh uh ralphus rating for this one because of the psychology and the character work and selling the inevitability of bull nakano without like making nishiwaki look bad at all like i think she came out looking better um Mm -hmm. this is one of those where both people come out better on the other end, which is what AEW has been doing for a good while now, which I really appreciate. Um, this this is five stars for me. I loved it. Okay. Yeah, I went I went like four and a half. Like it's up there. Um but like the thing the thing that gets me about this show is I feel like because it was so good and I feel like it's only scratching the surface of Joshi yeah. stuff from this play. Like it's going to get so much better, which to me is like, I can't even really process that. It's yeah, like, it's, it's like, like Christmas. Uh, yeah. It's like if, if it's like when, um, when we had all out, uh, mm-hmm. did 2021 <laughs> for those listening many years later, but you know, we watched all out and it was like, Oh, <laughs> Fucking Suzuki showed up. Ruby Soho showed up. Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson showed up. Adam Cole showed up. Fucking CM Punk had a match. It, you know, everything was the one of the greatest tag team matches that ever happened in history on the same show. How does shit get better than this? And the answer is like all those guys work on TV and you get to watch it every week. It's just like that's just literally. I and I I I thought that when I saw it, I'm like, this was one of the greatest shows of all time. But it's just like the beginning of this shit. Yeah, because like, the thing it is, just goes for, up. <laughs> for me, I am so used to getting getting something from WWE that I can like latch on to, you know, right. and be like, you know, really happy with and then just watch it slowly turn to ashes in my mouth. Yeah. You know, like I was super big on Kevin Owens and um, like he's had high profile stuff, but after a little bit, they've just kind of thrown him to the side. And so it's like, okay, well, Sammy's still here. I love Sammy and Sammy just kind of gets thrown to the side. And then Sammy starts doing, you know, the, the fucking Fidel Castro gimmick and it rules and it whips. And then... They just kind of throw him to the side. And it was... Uh, yeah, for those asking, yes, Fidel Castro is uh, the greatest uh, professional wrestler of all time. No, I was going to uh, say, for those listening in 2022, 2023, yes, we know Sammy and Kevin are at AEW now. We know, but this is back. <laughs> <laughs> 
going. Yeah, this, this is the dark times. But yeah, I'm used to the WWE hurting me. And so yes. after All Out, I was actually like very nervous because I was like, same. What are they going to do to hurt me now? And the thing is, yeah. you know, and also like there was the anxiety of like, well, how are they going to keep this up? And the answer is they just keep giving us things that we like. Who would right. have figured that in the television show that we watch and we love, they would write it or at least do things in a way that make us like what is happening. Yeah, and and the other thing is All Out happened. We're talking about All Out here a lot, but that's fine. All Out happened at a time like after we'd been beaten down for a, a straight year. Even they were beaten down. Like it, COVID sucked for everybody, so it was just like are we allowed to do this anymore? You know, like, like it, yeah. it was such a, it was such a change, like a shift. And, and this, this Joshi thing is like watching the show. It, it was so good. But like, like I said, like I, I already know like Manami Toyota was on this show oh and we God. weren't even sure it was her, which means like the fact that later on, you know, you get definitively her, and Bull, and all these other people. Like, I hadn't even heard of 80% of the the women on this roster, and they were fucking awesome. Which yeah. means, like, the ones you I will have heard about are gonna be, like, it's just gonna pop off in a way that's like, uh, I almost feel bad giving it, like, a four and a half, because it's like, that. I, I am not gonna do the Dave Meltz day, like, well, this show was seven stars. Like, fuck off, Dave. Like, yeah. But uh, I may I may uh, have to rescale things because they're just going to get so good. Like I think, you know, the, the way I do it, like, I think that this match is required viewing, which is why I gave it five stars. I think if totally. you are a fan of wrestling, and that's kind of like where my scale of five mm -hmm. stars goes, this is required viewing. That, sure. That's how I do it whenever I say, you know, five stars. This means, like, if I have five stars, you must watch this match. That is my commandment, and you will do it. <laughs> you're gonna, I get the feeling, you're gonna have a lot of five-star ratings on this show. A lot. <laughs> but that's good. I am okay yeah. with that. Oh, yeah. more Good things happening to me? I love it. <laughs> totally. So, that's all for this one. Next time... We're going to watch some AJPW. Uh, do we want to start around the same time frame? Yes, I would okay. like to, because the Wrestling Summit was 1990. So if we yes. start in the year 1990, year of our Lord, I think we are doing great. And I, I like agree. the idea of, uh, you know, uh, a men's show, a woman's show, a men's show, a woman's show. I agree. I, I, I like that. I don't know yeah. if there's anything uh, chronologically uh, consistent, like for the uh, women's classics, but I hope there is for the men's. There is, um, but it depends on what I can get. The thing with AJPW is it seems like the shows are cut up a little bit more, and um, so getting full matches is kind of difficult at times. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is... Uh, 
the quality isn't the same. Like I, I will be honest with this AJWPW the quality was excellent. This was yeah, yeah, because this was show. ripped directly off of the masters. Uh, uh, well, I, this I've, was a DVD, uh, but yes. I, yeah, yeah, I, that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I found this out. The authentic, this, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this was ripped off of the Masters, and a lot of the uh, AJPW stuff um, just got lost to time and redubbed yeah. over, uh, re remade over. So the women's stuff, they tapes just kind of threw it through the ta- the master tapes like in a vault and just kind of let it sit there. And surprisingly enough, we have a big you know vault that is just Huge like library. kind of uh, kind of untouched the ajpw yeah. stuff like you know uh giant baba started cutting costs and of course like masters cost money and <laughs> well plus all the rights issues uh yeah the you know, rights i issues. would love it i would love it and if you work for AJPW and somehow you're listening to the show, I would love it if y'all got all that stuff on streaming and we could, but obviously like it, it's, Oh my thing. God. Could they, you they, all of that stuff fell. Who are they fighting with the rights for? I don't know what it is. I think they're like different companies at this point and whoever owns the old stuff is not I'll, letting. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try and look into it and see if like, uh, uh, you know, Giant Baba, uh, like maybe did some underhanded carny stuff and was like selling shares to like his neighbor or something. You are welcome. To, I mean, we had enough trouble with the history of the AJWPW women's. Oh my belt. god, and it's still <laughs> unsolved. <laughs> yeah, if you if you're a listener, feel free to feel free to write in and oh, please. let us know what the fuck is going on. But. I'm a hundred percent that that was Minami Toyota. That yeah, uh, it has it has, and to it be wasn't a title match. So, um, but no one leaps to the top rope like her. <laughs> totally, but yeah, we'll see you next time. Uh, oh. uh, we need like a sign off. Uh, yes. Gan Ganbate. <laughs> what? It means like do your best. Do your. Do your bet at what? Like listening to the podcast? No, it's like it's like go get them, or that's that Gambari. Go get it's, who? It's, who are the, we telling the wrestlers to get? Are we sicking the? We're not talking to the, the wrestlers. We're talking to the are, listeners. Or are we sicking the listeners on like a wrestler? Are we going to name a wrestler for the for our fans to go? Harass? Ooh, okay. Jeez, uh, who do I name? <laughs> uh, Marty Scroll. Go get him, Ganbate. Oh yeah, no, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Go get that fucker. Jesus Christ! You see Marty Skrull? Until next time, uh, the enemies list for this week is Marty Skrull, Ganbate, Marty Skrull, and whenever you see Marty Skrull, I want you to beep 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 beep. Yeah, <laughs> and whenever uh, you get to his house, I want you to beep beep beep. Wild beep, Pegasus. Beep. And then Wild Pegasus. <laughs> 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 I'm Anthony, I'll see you later. <laughs>